Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So I'm thinking snake plants. Oh, snake plants? Yes. Yeah. I love this. What about spider plants? I do want to get some spider plants. Everybody has said I should get spider plants, Yeah, too. well, they propagate like crazy. You don't even have to do anything. Really? Except stick them in water, like, once you cut the little babies off. Oh, okay. And then okay. they'll grow their roots. But they, like, you get babies all the time. Oh, little yeah. spider babies. Well, spider babies... <laughs> Spider babies. What else do you suggest? <laughs> spider plants are great because they don't need any sort of light. I would say that you have... Like and I live in darkness. You do. So. <laughs> so that makes right. sense. You live in a cave. Mm-hmm. Cave living. But I think I it's get my good magazine. light. I think I get good light. You here. do. You get great light in your apartment. Um, I think you Which should get some... Which is where we are right now. Right. You should get some succulents for your windows because they love the light. I do love succulents yeah. too. And they're yeah. easy to deal with. And they are easy to deal with. You just like water them like once a week and call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, yeah. I know I want to get some succulents. And I also know I want to get some spider plants. Mm, a peace lily would be nice because that is supposed to like clean the air too. And oh, we know really? your air is real dirty in here. <laughs> <laughs> in your dark cave well, that you live you've in. you've been in here. That's right. <laughs> a peace lily. Peace lily. Yes. I am. Can I just say I love orchids. I do not have the... The gumption for them. I don't have the time or the like sort of like I feel so like just put an ice cube in to like go every an, two weeks or something like that. But to deal with an orchid, I feel like you have to enter a relationship with an orchid. Oh, yeah. That orchid, You've got to court that orchid. Right. That, you have to like, right. you know. They've been around since the dinosaurs, so they're temperamental and they should be. They should be. Right. Been, they're old ladies. <laughs> they're old ladies. <laughs> they're beautiful old ladies. They are. I do love orchids. I think I am doing, I'm going to do real plants, not yeah. imitation plants. Oh, no. What are you, living in the 1950s <laughs> and everything is dead and cold? <laughs> and communism reigns supreme? Right, right. Right. No. No, I'm going to get some. Plants. I mean, essentially, we're back there, right? Yeah. Oh, well, I <laughs> pretty mean, much. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Get in, loser. We're getting drafted. That's right. I'm looking.
looking for adventure I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you Welcome to Gazed at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm Mike. Gazed at the National Parks is a podcast that brings you one hiking trail and one national park, one park at a time. And today is all about the hiking trails in Kings Canyon National Park. That's right. Found in California. That's right. We are taking a little bit of a trip in the Wayback Machine. It's about a year and a half ago in the spring of 2018 on a larger road trip to see a pretty big amount of California National Parks, we were in the area of Fresno where we saw Yosemite, which we've previously talked about in season one, Kings Canyon and Sequoia. So this episode, like Dusty said, is just specifically about Kings Canyon. Yes, that trip also, we found our way to Joshua Tree National Park as well as Channel Islands National Park. Mm -hmm. Those are, however, not in the Fresno area. No, no, no. But in different areas. Kings Canyon, Sequoia, and Yosemite all are accessible from Fresno like a fork. Yeah, like a fork. Like a little fork. Yeah. A little information on Kings Canyon. Um, I would th- like for us to start by saying we cannot talk about Kings Canyon National Park without talking about Sequoia National Park. Right. They're sister parks, and sisters do as sisters should. They're all together mm-hmm. sisters. sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> and they're doing it for themselves. So, And um, this is an example of two sisters who have done it for themselves, <laughs> but are still the together. That's right. We do it for ourselves, but we're here together. Sequoia and Kings Canyon are basically sister parks. They are, in fact, separate park entities, but they are, for management purposes, like administered in the same capacity because they are extremely close and they hug one another, just like Dusty and I do every day. Um, But Kings Canyon and Sequoia originally started as General Grant National Park. So in 1890, both Sequoia and General Grant National Park were created, and they were created by uh, President Benjamin Harrison. And it wasn't for another 50 years that anything would really change in that capacity. So the way that worked out was on September 25th, Sequoia National Park was established, mm-hmm. and it was the first national park specifically made to protect a living organism. Right. And that was the sequoia trees, and they were trying to protect them from logging. Yeah. A week after they established this, they established a second national park called the General Grand National Park. So we got two Libra sisters up in here. Two Libra sisters, (laughs) real fast. General Grant National Park contains the General Grant tree, Mm -hmm. which is a giant, giant sequoia tree. Yeah. Cut to about 50 years later, we have obviously a new Congress and a new president in Franklin Delano Roosevelt. They decide that they want to include Kings Canyon, a canyon that is nearby Sequoia National Park and General Grant National Park. Kings Canyon got its name um, from a Spanish explorer 
who named the river that carved the King's Canyon, um, which when translated from Spanish means river of the kings. So that is where King's Canyon gets its Mm. name. When King's Canyon was established as a national park, it subsumed, that's the word they're using. It's a good word. The General Grant National Park. Yeah. So what you have now is you have like, imagine like the shape of the state of Michigan and all of the fingers are Kings Canyon National Park. The entire palm is Sequoia National Park, but then the thumb is also Kings Canyon National Park. And that thumb is what used to be General Grant National Park. And that's the part of Kings Canyon that we explored while we were there. We're leaving Fresno that morning. We had already done two days in Yosemite. Now, the day before this, we had done Vernal and Nevada Falls. Right, yeah, and some of Mirror Lake and some other hikes there. And the day before that, we had wanted to die doing Yosemite (laughs) Falls. And we did, and we did, and we came back to life. And we did, and we came back to life life. again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So now we were headed to Kings Canyon. Right. So we left very early. early. Yeah. Um, We were very good about that. This was when my computer actually died. Oh, yeah. Like, she actually, like... The night before, I think. Lost her mind. And, like started honking at me and screaming at me. And then that was the death of my computer. Right. Meanwhile, I was like furiously researching the trip for the next day because, you know, part of the issue with the time of the year that we were going to Kings Canyon and Sequoia because of the elevation was snow. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of conflicting reports of, were you going to be able to get in? Did you need chains on your car? Like this was some, you know, we had been checking days in advance, but we wanted to just double check. So and do you also, you know, you don't freak out about anything. Oh no, never, ever, ever. Not at all. No, I'm cool, calm, and collected at all times. At all times. All times. So especially I, yeah. when it comes to weather and travel. Right. Yes, I never freak out about never. either of those things. Nothing. Ever. But um, your computer was slowly dying as I was doing that research. We were good about getting up um, super early. We probably hit the road around five because it was about a two hour, close to two hours to get to Kings Canyon, just like it was to get to Yosemite. And we wanted to make sure that we had enough time. You also had a call that you had to take for work. Yeah, I knew that I... But yeah, that was going to be in the middle of the day. Right. Um, but we were trying to like... We were trying to that. Yeah, yeah. make a whole bunch of stuff work. Yeah. But as we were doing typical at that time, we got up and we went to McDonald's. That's right. Mark Darnold's. We went and we got our McDonald's breakfast Mm -hmm. and then we got on the road. Now, yeah, were you driving on the way in? Probably. Probably. I feel like I was. And then then I usually would drive on the way in. Yeah. Right. From Fresno to get to Yosemite, you had to go north. Mm -hmm. And then in order to get to Kings Canyon, Sequoia, you had to go east. Yeah. So we were driving through, for a long time, a lot of fields. Yeah. Um, And like watching the sun kind of come on the horizon. It was beautiful. It was. What a beautiful drive to do early in the morning. Yeah. So um, from, you know... The beautiful Fresno. Yeah, listen, it works, girls. Yes. Oh, it's a great place to stay <laughs> yeah. if you're going to all those parks. Yeah. We were headed to Kings Canyon, mm-hmm. specifically the General Grant National Park area of Kings yes. Canyon. Yes, yeah, the thumb, as the thumb. you described. What's great about that area is, like, we were taking Highway 180 mm-hmm. basically all the way there. Yeah. It's one straight shot. Now, 
you take that through fields for a long time. And then eventually those fields start like you start ascending yeah. and you start, they start getting a little windy. Yeah. It starts to become a little bit more mountainous, which is basically kind of a similar drive into Yosemite and Sequoia is the same basically. Cause we're I driving felt the same route. in my, in hindsight, I felt like the drive to Kings Canyon and Sequoia, which was, exactly the same drive yeah was a little easier than the drive to yosemite yeah i think so that yeah. might have been because um the driver on at in when we were driving into yosemite the driver was taking lots of really horrible turns right and putting our lives at risk yes i believe you were that driver i believe i was yes and i'll just take it because <laughs> there's no other way to argue with you that i wasn't so no, those- i'm an awful driver <laughs> reckless <laughs> The amount of tickets and accidents that I have, you know, under my belt. Um, I just have like little like um, like space invaders on my car, except they're cars with like X's over them for the cars I've taken out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that car driving in that video in Holland where they like take the curve really fast and knock the little smart car into the canal. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's me all the time, guys. All the time. (laughs) All the time. Um. No, the road was easier to drive headed into Kings Canyon, Sequoia. And not as snowy as I had freaked out about. Right, right. You take Highway 180 to what is this main road that connects Kings Canyon National Park and Sequoia National Park. Right. When you arrive, if you turn left, you'll go into Kings Canyon. And if you turn right... You'll go into Sequoia. Yeah. So we were headed into Kings Canyon. And basically the visitor center wasn't that far in. It was called the Grant Grove Village. That is where we parked. And it really did feel like that. I mean, the it was like a parking area that had the visitor center on one side. And then there was like stores, right? There were stores. There was actually like a lodge right there mm-hmm. where, you know, people were staying. Right. And like, and it had like a restaurant in there and everything. I mean... You, this is really remote. There is nothing around. Oh, yeah. So I would understand why there's all these amenities in one place right here. Because, yeah. Because like you can't just run out and go to the store. No, no. You were kind of like really at a like you're very much so in like a food desert and like mm-hmm. uh, and a everything desert. An everything <laughs> desert right then yeah. and there. But it's incredibly beautiful. I think we were there at 740. We had a wait. Because we waited the 20 minutes. Yeah. Because they opened at 8 a.m. Yeah, it was nice. Which was nice. And um, we waited to speak to the park ranger. Right. And she opened it at 8 a.m. Yeah. Actually, she opened it five minutes early because there were a number of us waiting there to go inside and speak with her about trails. And of course, we like, you know, did our park badge perusing, too. So always. We could that. Always. Um, I always. did my... um. T-shirt, t-shirt badge perusing too. Yeah. T-shirt, Didn't... t-shirt badge. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I don't think we we haven't found many like t-shirts. T-shirts that I like, have purchased to you. two. Two. I purchased yeah. one at Smokies. Three then. Oh, Capital Reef too. I it was Smokies, Capital Reef, and Zion. Oh, Zion. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, and uh, those were all like um, artists made. They were. Those were all independent artists mm-hmm. made because I really, um, I loved their design. Yeah. It, my were... Capital Reef t-shirt, I just love. I think yeah, that's great. probably one of the best National Park t-shirts Yeah, but ever. don't ever go there. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Um, 
anyway. Complete and total sarcasm. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that on the show. Yeah. But anyway, so we were able to talk to the ranger and we kind of explained our situation. You were like, listen, we are here to do... We have the whole day and we'd like to do a lot of things. Do as much I, as we can. I have a call. I have to get back to like the visitor center because there was like service there. There was Wi-Fi there. Um, or there was Wi-Fi and you were able to take it. And she was like, okay, well, you should go down to the Grant Grove. Like you can just walk down there. And you can see the general Grant tree there mm-hmm. and also see a number of other things along the way. Yes. Um, and then she's like, come back and take your call. And then like, here's a few other trails for you to kind of like, you know, figure out what you want to do. Um, and so we were like, great, that's awesome. She gave us our map and, and we headed out from the Grant Grove village towards the general Grant tree. And with that, let's take our first break. Mike, what game are we playing today? We're going to play One Has to Go because uh, we haven't played in such a We haven't a played in a long time. time, God, and it's so good. Yeah. For the record, I played this with my dad on a drive to and from Memphis over the holidays. Uh-huh. And how did that go? Great. He Great. loves that. My One Has to Go theme is New Year's resolutions. Oh. So, <gasps> things we have to resolve. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So, One Has to Go. Self-care. Sleeping more. Eating better. Oh, mm, no, I'm going to make you sleeping more and eating better both fall under the umbrella of self-care. If this is, let's do a self-care one has to go. So I want you to give me those two and then a third one. Okay. So sleeping better, eating better, exercising. One has to go. Oh, okay. This is what I'm going to say, which is... We don't want any of them to go. We don't. No. No, no. we need this, all of them. This is why I For a healthy hard. life, this is really <laughs> hard. Um, I'm going to say sleeping better because I am I'm not one that I am fortunate in my life right now in this moment that I tend to sleep pretty well. Oh, and you don't rub it in my face every time. <laughs> How did you sleep? I slept like crap. How did you sleep? I slept amazing. I did. Basically. I is- did. Every time I, I've always been someone who's like, I've I, always been someone that's been, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. I know. Good for you. And that's our game. <laughs> no, I have to give you a one else to go. Well, what you answer? What would I get rid of? Well, I already sleep like crap, so we know that I would take all of you know the sleep magic to let me sleep like a a babe every night, um, the babe that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would probably. I'd I'd get rid of and I already eat healthy, but I'm trying to get back I on my, eat healthy. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. So like shove it, Mister. I sleep okay over there. <laughs> um, I would get rid of. Um, I think I'd get rid of eating healthy, and I would just amp up my gym game and just exercise more. How about that? Interesting. I'd eat like crap and run it off. <laughs> I don't know how well that would work. For it you. probably wouldn't work well. <laughs> But I really would like to be a better exerciser this year because after some injury, it's time to get back on the horse. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. One has to go. Also on the theme of New Year's resolutions. Great. Reading more. Mm. Journaling more. Mm. Listening to albums more. And by, I mean like you put an album on and do nothing else and you just listen to the music. 
Oh, I can't do that. Goodbye. <laughs> no, why not? I mean, I can do that, but I feel like I, I need to keep my hands busy in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> so, like, I would be, like, making art while I was doing that. And I don't really journal, but it would be something nice to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I have started to read more, and I really want to latch on to that in a really big way this year. Because I love to read, and it's just hard during the school year to find the time. So, my plan is to just carve out some early morning hours to do it, like I used to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. What about you? I would probably, I journal from time to time, Mm -hmm. but I have decided that um, journaling is something that I do when I need to do it versus something that I do. Like I I don't like, yeah, like I, um, journaling doesn't serve me if it is a religiously followed like regiment. Regiment. No. Yeah. Um, No, I'm just like. You know, if I'm having a lot of feelings about something that I need to get out, mm-hmm. like, then I'll go mm-hmm. and journal about them. Yeah. But no, I do other kinds of, like, bit writing, you yeah. know, from time, like, I, you know, that's sort of, you know, what I do. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, so that's that. Yeah. One has to go. Resolutions. So from the Grant Grove Village, it's pretty easy to get to the General Grant. Train. Right. From the General Grant Village, we literally crossed the road and we got on a trail that was like right there yeah. at the road. This trail started leading us through the woods. Mm-hmm. Now, as we were going through these woods, it was, they're covered in snow. Yeah. The trees are huge right. all around us. Now, this was like us seeing big trees thinking like, oh my God, these are the big trees that we were right. going to be seeing. <laughs> it's like, these are not even in no. really comparable to... Mm-hmm the size of a giant sequoia tree. Right. So, but I remember we were walking through and we were both like, oh my God, these trees are so big. Yeah. Very easy walk and a very easy stroll. Um, There were, there were parts that were like, I felt like we were like on ridges, like of snow, like, and like there were some sort of like ravines down to the right or like a ravine down to the left. And, you know, um, this was also where the beginning of actually seeing like just, trees that had fallen down like yep. across Kings Canyon and Sequoia there were a ton of trees that had just fallen down right yeah and we would see later too there was um remnants of fire damage like that's something that is part of a life cycle of a forest and it's an important part of a life cycle of a forest unless it gets out of control as California has seen in recent years we had actually come across some of those trees not specifically here in the grant grove but later on the longer hike that we were on you know eventually the road kind of like winds you or the trail kind of winds you down um and it dumps you like into basically the parking lot for the grant it does, tree because you can drive and park at the grant tree right. and the park ranger she had told us that we could do that but we were like no we'll walk it it's fine yeah and there's the nature trail that'll get you there mm-hmm. so that's why we did that mm-hmm. um and so then we approach the general grand tree from the opposite end of the parking lot and holy lord like holy lord that is a giant tree yeah it's kind of incredible too because it really the cheese really does stand alone like holy uh-huh. cow like there are other tall trees around it but especially if you're approaching it from the parking lot and you're at the far end, it is a sight to be seen and it is gigantic. So the general grant tree and the general Sherman trees are like the two like major all-star trees that people often come to see when they visit Kings Canyon and Sequoia. General Sherman is preserved in Sequoia national park. General grant is 
preserved I not the actual men the tree is named after them <laughs> are preserved um are preserved there but the general grant tree is in Kings Canyon National Park in the area that is formerly known as the General Grant National Park and um what are the dimensions of the General Grant tree the General Grant tree was originally assumed to be over 2000 years old but Current estimates believe that it's closer to 1,650 years old. Um, it does have the third largest footprint of any living giant sequoia, which is measured at 107.6 feet or 32.8 meters at the ground level. The height above the base is at 267.4 feet or 81.5 meters, and the diameter above the highest point on the ground is 28.9 feet or 8.8 meters. When you approach the General Grant Tree, you can get pretty close to it. Yeah. Um, and there's like a bit of a, like a wooden fence, yeah. like around it, just so that um, there are some other giant sequoia trees like right around that area that are so big that like you can actually like walk inside of them at the bottom. Um, we did that. We did yeah, because they're photos. like they're a little split at the split at the bottom at the base. But the um, you can't do that with the general grant tree because no. that's behind a fence. Yeah, I think that was actually those some of those split trees where we had seen those a little closer to the parking lot before we had actually hit um, the general grant. Right, right. We had stepped inside and right. like have some goofy and photos we were of like, us. oh, yeah. this is the sequoia tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is what it is. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you approach the general grant tree, um, you're able to walk around it. And there's also like a small loop trail that can take you to some other trees that are both standing and not standing. There are two such trees. Um, one is the fallen monarch and one is the Michigan tree. Now, the Michigan tree is simply um, a giant sequoia that has fallen down. The roots are exposed. It's like you're looking directly at the inside of the tree from the bottom through the roots. And there's a placard next to it that says, This tree was once known as the spring tree because of the spring at its base. The same spring undermined the tree, causing it to fall in 1931. So another tree that's close to the Michigan tree and the General Grant is the Fallen Monarch. Nobody actually knows exactly when it fell, but it had served multiple uses over a long period of time. Native Americans had used it as a shelter from 1868 to 1870. It was used as a hotel and a saloon. Um, And from 1870 to 1872, two brothers actually lived in it. And in 1876, the U.S. Cavalry used it as a stable for 32 horses. The cavalry was actually deployed from San Francisco to basically guard and protect the newly formed or the newly discovered area um, before it was designated as a national park in the 1890s, recognizing how incredibly important this parcel of land was from a conservationist standpoint. Um, This was something that was really, really um, looked after by the military for quite some time before it received that designation. It's an interesting bit of the history of the park there, that that is something that was um, so vital to the nation that it'd be as protected as it was. Right next to the Fallen Monarch is also the uh, Gamlin Cabin. The two brothers that I had mentioned before that lived in the Fallen Monarch were Franco-Canadian homesteaders. Their names were Thomas and Israel Gramlin. They were living in the Fallen Monarch while they built their cabin, and they lived in that cabin from 1872 to 1878. 
They grazed cattle in the mountains, and this was the first permanent settlement that was in Kings Canyon. Since it was first built, the cabin was moved and reconstructed three times. Originally, it was built from sugar pine, uh, which is subject to dis to decay and infestation with termites. To preserve the cabin, a foundation was constructed in 1978. At the same time, lower logs were replaced with termite-resistant giant sequoia. And after the Gamlin brothers left, the cabin served as a variety of uses, including storage for the U.S. Cavalry, ranger stations, and residents of the first park ranger, Mr. Lewis L. Davis, from 1902 to 1909. So essentially, this fallen monarch was like, it literally became a home. Right. Yeah, for it had served a variety of purposes. I mean, even for Native Americans, it was shelter. And you can still travel through it yeah. today. There are um, scrawlings on the inside of the tree that are, you know, again, not that we speak to graffiti as a positive in the park, but these are definitely older too. Um, so there is a little bit of history behind these etchings into the inner parts of the, the bark of the tree that can date back, I'm sure, several hundred years to, or at least a hundred or so years. So that's also an interesting little bit of the history too. So after walking through, we did this loop trail around the General Grant tree, and we saw all of these other famous trees, the Michigan tree, the Fallen Monarch tree. And meanwhile, in this Grant Grove, there are giant, other giant sequoia trees. And they are gigantic Mm -hmm. in some cases it's like you're like walking right in between two of them like the trail leads right in between two of them in this section there are a lot of areas that are fenced off to keep you off of the root system of those trees but like as soon as you're back off and you're headed back to the visitor center to the village it's not that you are necessarily off path but there are trees that you can access and get closer to and touch the bark of and Exactly. So we decided to make our way back to the visitor center because it was time I had to jump on that call. And then we knew we wanted to take another hike. So yeah, we, we wanted to take a long hike, a long hike. Yeah. So we turned around and then we headed back on the trail exactly the way that we came. Right. Which brought us right back to the visitor center. And with that, let's take another break. Welcome to a very special Drag Queen Corner. <laughs> it sounds okay. like an after-school special. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. On today's Drag Queen Corner, we're going to talk about substance abuse. <laughs> um, okay. The reason this one is very special is because this is where this is our where love for Drag Queen and name invention came up. Yeah. Came up because um, it totally organically happened on the trail. Mm-hmm. And um, I had previously um, created just like a note on notes in my iPhone Mm -hmm. about our American history drag queen names. Right. Like, um, Louisa Anna Purchase, Mm -hmm. uh, Allie Forge, Birth of a Nation, Liberty and Justice, Liberty and Justice, Mm -hmm. Tara Torrey, um, Marquita Lafayette, Mm -hmm. Morgan Trail, Saratoga. Right. You so, get the idea. You get the idea. I'd come up with all of these. And then I'd come up with a few other ones that were not American history. And like I, we were talking about them and giggling about them. And then we just... We're gaggling about gaggling them. Gaggling about them. <laughs> and so then we just came up with a whole bunch on this trail. And right. so then we were like, oh, let's record these. So right. we did for a moment. Anyway, so on this Drag Queen Corner, rather than bringing a drag queen to life, what we're going to do is go through the names of drag queens that we came up with 
on this trail. Mm-hmm. Van Gogh. Which is a reference to Van Gogh. Yeah. Um, coriander. Right, which is a spice reference. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn Bridges. Right. right. Which is Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Almost one track race to mm-hmm. Flora de Fauna. Right, which mm-hmm. is a reference to flora and fauna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Chlamydia Flare. <laughs> Hope, Love, and Joy. Right. Right. Holly Leaves. Mm-hmm. Alma X's. <laughs> <laughs> Live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassiopeia. Right. Which is a star mm-hmm. and a Greek mythology figure. Yep. Uh, Lease Agreement. Ruby Slippers. Mm-hmm. Rosa Sharon. Yeah. Which is a, that is a Grapes of Wrath reference. It is a Grapes right of Wrath reference, uh, but it's also a plant too. Hoda Garden. Hoda Garden. I think actually Hoda Garden has come up before. She, she's we been have, a queen. We brought, we brought her, her to life. life. Um, Olivia Life, speaking Fr- of life. She's the mother of the House of Life. She is the mother yeah. of the House of Life. Uh, Rhonda Jam, which is a dance move. Oh, that's right. I remember you had to explain that to me then and now again. Yes, Thank you. exactly. <laughs> um, Martha Graham Cracker. That's right. She is, I believe, a real drag queen. But oh, she is she? a okay. reference to Martha Graham, yeah, the okay. choreographer. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Anna List. It's some kind of analyst. Oh, it was a market analyst. Yeah. Margaret uh, analyst. Margaret analyst. Oh, God, we're so funny. Okay, yeah. Margaret analyst, yeah. Um, vanity plates. I loved that mm-hmm. one. Uh, Tissy Gillespie. And Christy Cream. Right. So there you are. Those are the drag queens that we invented, and some we didn't, on the trails of Kings Canyon National Park. So after waiting a torturous hour on the phone... Well, you know, for you to finish up with your phone journey, (laughs) my phone, journey. (laughs) your phone journey. Um, We had this was something I knew about. I know from the beginning. I know. And you alerted me. Um, But anyway, we took off from Grant Grove Village. Now, rather than walking exactly the same way back down to the Grant General Grant Tree, which is basically the launching point for the hike that we were doing, the Sunset Loop. We started down the road and jumped onto the Southern Boundary Trail. And the Southern Boundary Trail basically takes you through the Azalea Campground. will basically lead you back to the General Grant Tree, but we wanted to just try something else so it wasn't like a complete double back the same way we had come. In this campground, there was also... An amphitheater, right? Which I found and I loved, right? And I was and like, pretty "Oh, sure great, you, perfect like, for did the, telling oops, stories I did it again." Choreography, on I, the camp. I most definitely, <laughs> uh, did definitely, it. Yeah. no, no, no. no. Um, I did take photos. You did, um, but basically, we got to what the trail was telling us would be like, kind of a loop in the road that would then have a connecting trail that would take us back to the General Grant Trail. Now. The trail that we were trying to get on was actually not connected to the trail that we were on. No. We had to sort of like traverse. And that was a little confusing. Yeah. We essentially figured out we did have to cross a sort of marshy area. Marshy, marshy, marshy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And the only way to do it was to walk over a giant tree. Yeah. Some trees that had fallen. Yeah. And so we did. And we managed to do it and not fall. Yeah. And it was very, like, incredibly marshy because there was a lot of snow melt at this time. And this basically brings us right back to the General Grant Tree. Um, And from that area, the parking lot area, you are able to, and actually from the the loop near the General Grant Tree, you're able to get on to the Sunset Trail. And so we essentially went back to the same area, but just via a different trail. Right. The Sunset Trail has some like jut off loops that basically 
as soon as we had got onto the Sunset Trail, we jumped off onto one of those jut-off loops, which was the North Grove Trail. And this was a trail where you were supposed to be able to see um, a lot more of the giant sequoias, um, which we definitely, you know, definitely were able to see. Oh, yes, we definitely were. as you're walking along this trail. So it's definitely one, like if you're doing the sunset trail, just tack it on because it was a really like, it was like 1.2 miles, like off of that sunset trail to basically kind of go around and do that. And it was incredibly worth it. I mean, you're there to see these giant sequoias. So like tag, you know, and to be clear, sequoia trees exist both in Kings Canyon national park and Sequoia national park. Yeah. The start of the Sunset Trail is actually a fire road. It felt really nice to be able to be on that fire road for a little while because the previous two days had been such really intense like incline hiking in Yosemite. All of the trails that we were in here in Kings Canyon today felt much easier. So after getting to that point of looping back after North Grove Trail, we ended up back onto Sunset Trail. Now, from here, there is a loop that takes you out. So like 0.4 miles from the juncture of Sunset and North Grove, there's a loop that takes you out, which is only another 0.4 miles to the Sequoia Lake Overlook. And we did do this. Yes. And we gained a little bit of elevation here to be able to kind of get up that high um, to be able to see that. So I remember kind of trudging through and... At this point, we were around a lot more dead trees, like as we were getting up to the Sequoia Lake Overlook. And you weren't excited about this at all. (laughs) No, not at all. For any reason whatsoever. But it it was clear that there was a fire at some point um, and that a lot of those trees had died in that fire. Um, So we had a really clear view of the lake, though, which was kind of nice. And this is where we took, I think, our first break on the hike. Um, we sat down and had a little bit of trail mix and it was a really beautiful day. So it was like early spring this, you know, it was chilly, but it was still like really manageable out. So we were able to kind of just stop and take everything in for a little bit, which is really nice. And it was like really tranquil up at that point of the overlook. I agree. It, we did take a nice time to just sort of take that lake in, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's worth doing these outer trails outside of just the general grant tree area. Um, so that you can see a little bit more of, you know, what this forest really looks like. After that, you basically continue back down to the Sunset Trail. So we're basically on this the entire time. And as we're hiking, we're just seeing more and more, you know, you're getting into deeper, deeper wood at this point. You're able to see, again, a lot more trees that have been, like, fire damaged as we're hiking. Um, I just remember here feeling like, you know, we had left the Grant Grove area and we had left the General Grant tree and there was nobody. Like, we oh, saw nobody no, hiking. Nope. We um, were, I, we didn't see anyone else all day. No. After this moment, no. And I think we were there in the middle of the week, so that kind of makes sense. It mm-hmm. wasn't like a busy weekend time. But this is where it's very quiet and very serene. We do hit like a bunch of like water features. Like I remember as we're hiking, we had to climb over... Like there were some waterfalls that we had to like go over the yeah th- yeah over yeah, th- and then um, we were near a lot of water through parts of the hike as well. Mm-hmm. But we're really like at this point, it's it's taken us quite some time to get out pretty far. Like it yeah. was later in the afternoon Cause, now, because the loop the loop actually like it hooks like out pretty far. Yeah, and then when you're coming back in, 
that's when you start getting your when you go from the general grant area like you're getting decline yeah from there right and then they uh, she did tell us that she was like you just need to be prepared for like 1200 feet of elevation right. like on your way back up right and I will say it was certainly more um, spread out and right. not as steep as you know Yosemite or Vernal Falls or no. the things we had done in Yosemite even on the way back up it was still exhausting <laughs> I remember <laughs> yes I remember we were like oh this isn't too bad and then about like 45 minutes of that we were both like oh the Sunset Trail is actually very long. You know, you tag on these extra loops too, even though they're minor. And we had already hiked a good, good bit to get down to the start of the trailhead anyway. And we had already hiked a good like eight or nine miles at this point. Um, so there was like definitely an exhaustion point. Eventually you do like hit that incredible sort of incline and you're just seeing, I just remember these vast views all around us. Oh, all around. And you were, we are right near the the canyon. Right. Kings canyon. And you're it, essentially on like the top wall yeah. of the canyon. Yeah. And I do remember too, like eventually that fades away and you're back into like the deeper woods eventually too. And then after hiking a little longer, we hit this juncture point. And this is where I think we actually sat down. This was the juncture of the Southern Boundary Trail. And this mm-hmm. is where we sat like on a log and did our recording where um, we were like, drag here's names. all the drag queen names that we could figure out. And this right. was again, like just a very tranquil spot, like in the middle of the woods and just the air there from just being it so high nice. up with the snow, everything. It just was, it felt really nice. I do remember, I feel like going through that marshy area and then having to hike through some of the snow, even though we had waterproof boots on, I just remember my feet feeling incredibly soggy the entire time. Yes. Um, And I think that started to mm -hmm. like irk the both of us. Like I was still in my old hiking boots that uh, were not waterproof. Oh. And yeah, I was feeling it too. Yeah. After this juncture, we're like, okay, so like looking at the map, we have like easily another like, four miles to go. Yes. Um, And those four miles felt eternal. Right. They felt very long. It was also... I also felt like we were, even though... Because there were... Were there blazes on the trail? There were. Sometimes there were. And then sometimes they went away. they went away. So, like, after this juncture point, we're like, okay, well, good. We know at least here's another trail. We're going to keep going on the Sunset Trail. Um... But I do remember in that last four miles, I was like, are we lost? Because yeah, the it did feel like we were going to, we were lost. But then eventually we were like, right. We, um, what happened was we ended up finding the road. Like, and then we just like literally hop skipped onto the road and walked the road back up right. to the Grand well, Grove we Village. Hit, remember, we hit a campground first and we're like, oh, the campground, we'll go through the campground. It'll be a shortcut. But it, Oh, yeah, but that was very but it wasn't confused. The campground no. from before, it was no. a different campground. It was a different campground. campground. We thought we had hit the original campground. We didn't. And that confused us going through that for oh, sure. Oh, did it confuse us? It confused us. Yes. <laughs> but you're right. We were able to, after navigating through that, get back to the Grand Grove Village, which I think. I was at the point where like I was brimming with needing to use the bathroom Mm -hmm. and I was excited about the prospect of like using a toilet. (laughs) That's right. That's right. While you were doing that, I, um, 
I was seeking out a Diet Coke. Oh, what a surprise. What a surprise. In your former life that you know. In longer my lead. former life. Yeah. In my former time. Yeah. Um, which I did find one. Yeah. I found one at the little store. There was a little store tacked on to Was there a little store? Yes. <laughs> this little store. <laughs> if we're store, gonna be catty to one another, um, I'm just gonna throw it right on back the at you. tacked onto the lodge. They had one left. Mm. And I think I was getting something for you as well. You're because you're kind. This woman came in who also was looking for Diet Coke. And I think there was Diet Dr. Pepper too. Mm-hmm. And like that is was fine with me, but mm-hmm. not okay with her. So I bestowed the Diet Coke onto her. That's right. I do I remember your Diet good Dr. Pepper. Yeah. It's is it good Samaritanship? I don't know. I don't know. Or is it just poison? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, probably just poison. Right. I think we both got back to the car. And at this point, we had learned our lessons from previous trips and had brought sneakers and new socks with us. I think even as early as like Yosemite, we were like, oh, we need to make that a thing that happens. Yes. New um, sneakers, new socks. Because we were also snocks. snocks. Because we were, it was also, our socks were soaked through at that point too. And then we drove back to Fresno from there and, and we, we ate at our favorite restaurant. Sweet tomatoes. <laughs> Um, And then just like crashed real hard because the next day we were headed right back to do Sequoia. Let's put these two trails on the Karen Stone scale. So let's start with the Southern Boundary Trail that led us to the General Grant Trail. I think we can tag the General Grant like loop onto that too. Yes, and the General Grant loop. Um, I'm going to say like a three at the highest. Like I do feel like... and I think it would be different at a different time of year. I think we were, this is where we hit most of our snow impact um, and where we had to kind of trudge through that. That kind of made things just a little difficult as we were hiking, but nothing that was like anything you had to really worry about. Um, so we're talking six out of 20 Karen Stones. Six out of 20. I agree. Right. What about the, um, we're going to collectively call yeah. the sunset, Trail, which includes the North Grove Trail, which includes North Grove and the Kings Canyon Lake Overlook. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna. Or, I'm give sorry, that, Sequoia Lake is what it's called. I'm gonna give that a five. Um, I'm gonna give it a six only in that we, I felt like we were lost, and oh, a yeah, lot of the time, like, I do feel like the, the trail just evaporated. I do remember like climbing over things and being like, "Is this the right way to go?" Like on a scale of like like our trails where we felt lost, this is as high up there as coming back up to Michi Point when we did oh. Black Canyon. <laughs> oh. For a later episode. For friends. a later episode, friends. <laughs> um but yeah, I definitely had like not panic, but I was like, I need to use the bathroom right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the panic I had. Exactly. Right. So So great. Great. Let's do some Jeopardy. Let's do some Jeopardy. All right, it's time for Jeopardy. So, Mike, what is your Jeopardy category today? In honor of the beautiful trees that we saw throughout Kings Canyon, I decided that I was going to delve a little deeper into trees and tree lore and tree mythology. So, this Jeopardy is called Sacred Trees. Oh, I love this. So, I'm going to give you some clues and you'll just have to identify the type of tree. It's not necessarily a specific mythological tree. It's actually, these are all actually real trees, um, but they have appeared in mythology and have been used in all sorts of medicines and things like that throughout Great. time. Great. So, Sacred Trees for 100. 
This type of tree has been regarded in many cultures and religions as one that is sacred. From bestowing knowledge to immortality to healing, its fruit almost never comes without a price. What is the pomegranate tree? No, incorrect. (laughs) No. What is an apple tree? Oh, of course. Of course. I was thinking about her eating pomegranates, and I don't think those grow on trees, so... Oh, well. Actually, how does a pomegranate grow? Thanks to look know. into. I don't know. Um, okay. This evergreen tree is a good source of vitamin C and can be used to loosen a tight chest. The scent of this tree can be used to relieve associations and feelings of guilt and to purify a home or a ritual space, which is why it may be often associated with gatherings of friends and relatives in the winter. Oh, uh, sage? No. It's a type of tree. It's an evergreen. Oh. Uh. A pine? Yes. Oh, a pine. Okay, great. (laughs) Uh, Sacred trees for 300. This tree is associated with the moon, magic, and mysticism. Many believed that wishes would be granted by tying a loose knot in one of its low-hanging branches, returning to untie the knot once the wish was fulfilled. And into the woods, this tree must be how Cinderella got her dress for the ball. Is it a willow? It is a willow tree. Mm, Look at that. (laughs) Sacred trees for 400. This type of tree is held as a symbol of strength, stability, and success, and while held in high regard by most cultures, it is especially the case in regards to the Celts and the Norse, who associate this tree with Thor and Odin. The nuts of this tree have a distinctive shape with a cap and are often associated with education, wealth, and fertility. Oh my, I don't know. What type of tree has a nut that has a cap on the top of it? Oh, an oak tree? It is an oak oh, tree. Oh, like an acorn like and an, an oak acorn. tree. acorn, yeah. Got it, okay. You do know. Just I do know. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> All right. And lastly, this tree is highly associated with protection, magic, and new beginnings. Nearly every part of the tree is edible, which was made useful for the Native Americans who utilized its sap for sugar, its inner bark for pain relief, and its often white outer bark to create everything from paper to canoe hulls. Furthermore, it is used as an ingredient in a cola-like soda. Oh, is it sap? Is it some kind of sap? We're looking for a tree, friends. I know, but sap comes from trees. I know, but that's a part of the clue. Hmm. White bark. Is it birch? It is birch. Look at that. I knew my trees better than I thought I did. a little better. (laughs) Is it a sap? I was listening. I was listening. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm going to come for you. I'm going to come for you too. That's right. You are. Come and And cut your wigs up at night. And that's mm. sacred trees, everybody. That was I liked that category. A I lot. liked it Thank too. You. You're welcome. Okay, are we ready? I would have liked it more if you listened better. <laughs> I did listen. I got mm-hmm. almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I'm ready. This category is called "Who is Buried in Grant's Tomb." Oh, great! I thought you might have written this category too. I'm glad no. you did it. Okay, so in this category, you have to figure out who is buried in the tomb. Oh, and based off of the clues. Based off of the clues, mm-hmm. and their name is Grant some way, somehow. Oh, great. And that does not mean that they are dead as great. of right now. Some mm-hmm. of these people that I'm mentioning are still alive. And Perfect. some of them are people who famously go by the name Grant or change their name from Grant to something else. Okay, gotcha. Great. Okay. I'm already racking up some names Here in we my go. head. <laughs> Here lies... The 18th president. Who is Ulysses S. Grant. Correct. Okay. 200. Mm -hmm. 
Here lies the 80s and early 90s songstress of early Christian fame who crossed over briefly onto the pop charts, but mostly secured her spot as a musician when it came to the Christmas canon. Next to Mariah Carey, she's one of the most played female artists during the holiday season. Who is Meredith Grant? Oh, incorrect. Mm. I like, I say this all the time. <laughs> Who is Amy Grant? Amy Grant. <laughs> I, I love, like bands like I Amy love, Grant. <laughs> I love Amy Grant because, um, and I love Christmas because it reminds the world that Amy Grant is a thing. Right. Sorry. Ready? Here we go. Yeah. Three hundred. Meredith Here, Grant. Who's that? Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I think I was like Meredith Brooks, Amy Grant, Meredith Brooks, yeah. Amy Grant, putting them together yeah. in your mind. Three hundred. Here lies a Brit so awkward. His characters were often as awkward as he was, but. When it came down to it, he was just a boy standing in front of a group of people asking them to love him. <laughs> Who is Hugh Grant? Correct. In Norting Hill. <laughs> Norting Hill, right. 400. Here lies the remains of beloved film star born Archibald Alexander Leach. His turn as an angel and the bishop's wife left everyone charmed and his work in To Catch a Thief was beyond memorable. Who is Cary Grant? Correct. Cary Grant. And finally... 500. Here lies Elizabeth Woolridge Grant, an American songstress known better by another name and for her album Born to Die and Lust for Life, and whose appearance on Saturday Night Live seemed too cringeworthy to bear, and despite this still seemed to find her way into the hearts of many gay men across the world. Who is Lana Del Rey? Correct. <laughs> 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 Beautiful. It was the last clue that gave it to you. Yes. <laughs> That's right. The gaze. Mm-hmm. The gaze. <laughs> Literally, okay. No lie. No lie. When, you know, at the end of the year, Spotify will do the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these are who you yeah. listen to, right? I don't have Spotify. Mm-hmm. But I walked through about five different conversations of which, like, yeah. gay men in their 20s were a part mm-hmm. of talking about this all of them were like well my top were Ariana Grande <laughs> and Lana Del Rey that's right that's on brand <laughs> sounds on brand to yeah. me too This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. For images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about Kings Canyon National Park and the other national parks talked about on this show, visit our website gaze at the nationalparks.com all original artwork featured on instagram and on our website is by michael ryan all original music is by dave seaman and performed by dave seaman mariella klinger and sean sclios our music producer is skylar fortgang this episode was edited by dustin ballard we would also like to acknowledge that while hiking in the Kings Canyon National Park, that we were on the traditional lands of the Western Mono tribe. Stay tuned for our next episode about Sequoia National Park. <laughs>